Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to a very special edition of On the Corner. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock, and today I uh, have the very distinct honor of getting to talk to Jesus Luzardo of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a great pleasure. If you didn't know, actually, we have a, uh, a pr- uh, prospect podcast as well. Um, it has its whole logo, and it's just supposed to be a generic picture, but actually it's based on your photo. If you don't know that, um, I, so. not know that. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to, but uh, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to talk to you today and uh, just give some very brief history here. Um, so you are actually the first Peruvian born player in the majors, which is pretty amazing. I do. You, did you realize that at first? And how special is that for you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely realized that once I was coming up through the minors, everyone would always mess with me about that and tell me that there was no big leaguer that was born in Peru. So it was definitely an honor, and that's something that kind of goes down in the history books. So I guess it's always, you know, good to be a part of history. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And um, so you moved to Florida when you were very young. Uh, you did you were excellent through high school, and you got Tommy John in March of 2016, three months before the draft uh, when you were in high school, and you were drafted in the third round by the Nationals that year. So... Walk me through that a bit. Um, what was it like when you knew that you had to get Tommy John just before the draft? Uh, what were your thoughts then? My thoughts were just instantly that I was going to go to school, that I was just going to focus on school for three years and see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. And um, when the Nationals came calling, that was just kind of a blessing to me, and I thought that was a great opportunity. And, uh, I mean, we were all, of course, excited that you that you went with the Nationals, of course, there. Um, was there a distinct pitch that you had in high school that you thought, oh, this is the one, this is it? Um, I guess my changeup was always really good, was like as in my best pitch, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of developed my breaking ball when I was more in like high A, double A. And then my fastball was always, it was, it was pretty good, but it wasn't my best pitch. That was something that still needed a lot of work. Sure. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about, uh, we'll go more into your repertoire because I have so many questions about that later. Um, but, uh, right. So you were, you were drafted by the nationals and uh, obviously you were rehabbing from Tommy John for a good while. You actually didn't get to make your debut professionally until, uh, I believe it was the end of June of 2017, um, in the GCL. And before you even got settled in there, you were instantly just shipped off to Oakland in the trade with Blake Trinan and Sheldon Noisy for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen. And, so, I mean, here you are, you're in high school, you're thinking you're going off to, I believe it was the University of Miami, is that right? Yeah, University of Miami. And uh, you thought you were going to do that, instead you get the call from the Nationals, great, but now you can't pitch, so you got to wait a year and finally you're ready to go, and then all of a sudden you get shipped off to Oakland. How was that for you? I mean, it must be very hard to kind of keep getting uprooted and not getting settled in. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a little tough, kind of, I was starting to get my feet wet in pro ball, and then I all of a sudden get traded 
But um, when I came over to Oakland, it was just an easy transition. Everyone was really, you know, kind of awesome and and eased my way into it. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad at all. And I'm glad that you know I kind of got lucky with coming over here. Definitely, I. So we are so curious on the outside here, just knowing about the organizational differences and their processes. And we we can imagine that certain teams have different coaches, of course, but also different analytics being fed to you, not just in the majors, but also in the minors. I know it wasn't very long being in the national system as far as uh, how long you've been playing there, but did you feel something different coming to Oakland? Was it a, a shift in approach or was it just kind of more of the same? I guess, um, yeah, you could kind of say that. I mean, I, I, like you said, I wasn't down there too long with the Nationals, but from what I saw, they didn't take analytics as probably as serious as we do. And mm-hmm. uh, not we don't. It's not like we, you know, they kind of just pound that into our heads. But we definitely, you know, look at them and and read them and study them. So I think that's kind of a plus side that that Oakland has. But again, the Nationals kind of back then might have not. Now they might. Sure. I uh, so when you say that, uh, and even I did too, was you know they're feeding you analytics. What exactly are they giving you? Are they saying okay, your spin rate on your fastball is this, or uh, you're you're getting too far around on your wrist on your breaking ball? Or is it other stuff like extension or mechanical uh, fixes you can make? I think it's a, a little different for everyone, you know, kind of depending on how much the certain guy likes analytics and, and how in-depth he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Um, they could basically take it down to whatever you want. Or if it's a guy who, you know, kind of really doesn't like analytics or doesn't believe in them too, too much, we'll just kind of touch the top, like you said, maybe extension or spin – uh, spin rate on a certain pitch, something like that. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, it's always so fascinating. Like, are we thinking, you know, they're just saying, okay, look, like your two seamer isn't getting the movement that we want. We think that with your arm angle, you'd be better with a four seamer. We always wonder if that's the kind of discussions that are being had or saying, hey, you know what? You just aren't getting the spin we want. Let's just move on from that one. Uh, so it's kind of cool to hear that. Uh, so, all right. So then you, you're in you're in Oakland and last year uh, in spring training, you finally had, well, it was an interesting moment because there's a lot of us that thought you'd be getting your, your chance early in 2019. And then, of course, you were shut down in March with a rotator cuff strain. So what was that like? I, I, I'm curious because I think at the initial assessment was about four to six weeks or so. And have you felt anything um, affect you since then? Or did you essentially get back playing and has been kind of out of your mind since? Yeah, I mean, it, well, in the moment, it was definitely hard just because, like you said, I was kind of fighting for a little spot there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, being hurt, I just knew I was just shut down for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, now when I, well, when I, last year when I got back off of that, I felt great. Then I had that little lat strain. But uh, coming into this year, I just have full health, and thankfully I don't feel anything. Great. So that's just completely out of your mind. It just feels like you were before yeah. the injuries. Exactly. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> um, so then you finally got your chance, right? You 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 made it to the majors. You had 12 innings under your belt before you were called upon for three critical frames in the AL wildcard game. And, I mean, that's kind of nuts. 25% of your MLB career at that point, uh, you pitched essentially in that game. It was fantastic. Zero on runs, two, hit, uh, two walks, one hit, four. I... Uh, I think I have this four strikeouts. There you go. And the cool thing was that you were hitting about 97, 98 in that game. Uh, we were seeing about 96, 97 before. Uh, I have to imagine it was adrenaline. What was that experience like for you? 
Yeah, I mean, there was just adrenaline through the roof, and the experience was amazing. Just, I mean, kind of in the moment, uh, you don't soak it up all the way. Mm-hmm. But after, you know, after the game, you kind of sit back and you think, and you know, kind of take it all in. But the experience was great. You know, a lot of fans, a lot of emotions. So it was, it was a good time. Nice. And so this is something that I've been so curious about. I'm sure you had a lot during that game. Uh, we we say that catchers and coaches review batters before the game, right? So you you be coming into relief in that game. Say, okay, cool. We're going to be facing. I uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of race hitters, and I can't do it right now. Uh, but um, they're saying, okay, this is how we're going to approach those guys. What kind of metrics are they throwing at you? And to you, what are you looking for the most so that you can get that edge? I mean, I'm really looking a little bit overall, but um, the things I kind of look for are, you know, guys that can hurt me early in the count, maybe first pitch, second pitch swingers. And then what can I get a strike a guy out with? What can I get UO2 with? And that's kind of what my mentality goes to. Um, I don't really like seeing all that stuff. Like you can't throw this guy this, or you can't throw it in this location when, you know, I feel like everyone's stuff is a little different. So maybe my pitch there works in comparison to someone else's pitch there. So, um, you know, I kind of look at a little bit of everything, but I try to make sure I don't get beat early in the count. And then what I could punch a guy with. Nice. Okay. So, so I love to hear that they're saying, okay, these guys are, are free swingers early in counts. So for you, that does exactly. that translate to I should be throwing a high fastball or does that translate to, okay, I'm going to be going to my changeup earlier than normal? Uh, I guess it kind of just depends on the hitter. Um, some guys, you know, you attack them with the fastball. Some guys you might have to start off with a breaking ball or maybe even two. So yeah, I guess it kind of depends on the guy and the type of hitter that he is. Nice, okay. And like your ideal... Uh, I mean, I knew I had this when I was pitching. It was like, okay, I want to get one or two fastballs inside, jam two seamers, get them to two strikes as fast as possible, and then I throw as many curveballs as I need to put them away. Do you have a, uh, I don't know, a standard book in your head of, okay, this is my best first pitch, this is my best second one to get to 0-2, and this is what I'm throwing with two strikes? I guess I don't really have a book um, like, or, or an ideal count. For me, it would be, I guess... You know, obviously you want to start a guy off with a fastball. Um, and either it be two fastballs and a breaking ball, maybe you go fastball, change a fastball. But those are kind of like the two that I would say, if it were to go in an ideal situation, that would be it. Okay, cool. Um, so let's, yeah, let's talk more about that repertoire. I, so currently it's, you know, you're, you're throwing overwhelming stuff from the left side. Uh, it's a mix of sinkers and four seamers paired with a changeup and a breaking ball. And I say breaking ball. Because it's interesting. I, I can't pin exactly what it is. I want to say it's a curveball. Uh, I, but at the same time, it feels like it's a slider that you slow down a couple times. Is that what's going on? What would you call that pitch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone asks me this. I guess <laughs> I, uh, it's definitely well, I would consider it a curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know, I could add a little bit to it. But instead of, like you said, a slider that takes them off, it's just like when... when I kind of, it's a little slower, that's my true curveball, and then when I throw a little harder, I feel like that's when it turns into a little bit of a slider. Gotcha, okay. Uh, sorry, I, I'm trying to stick out, I'm so sorry, I know. Um, now, are there certain situations that you would feel, okay, this is when I try and make it that, that harder breaking ball, and other times I think, oh no, no I want that loopier curveball instead? Um, it kind of just depends on the hitter and like what type of hitter he is. Um, some guys are known to chase, you know, that kind of back foot, uh, 
hard breaking ball. Mm-hmm. And then some guys are known that you can even flip a breaking ball up for a strike. So usually the, the first strike would be uh, the slower one, I would say. But even sure. even then, sometimes like, you could throw that slow one down in the dirt. It just all kind of depends on who's hitting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I remember actually, uh, so back to spring training a year ago, I remember watching an A's game and then all of a sudden you're show, you showed up. I had no idea. They never let us know when you guys are pitching. I was super pumped. I remember watching it and gifting it up on Twitter. And I, at that moment, it was, um, I couldn't really tell exactly what you thought because, of course, the camera angles are all the way on the right side and you're a lefty. It just makes it really tough to differentiate sometimes between changeup and slider. Uh, so at that point, it kind of looked like you were feeling your, your curveball a little bit better than your changeup. You said before that your your number one pitch in high school was a changeup. Would you say right now that you favor one more or over the other when you think, okay, this is a tough spot, I need to execute a good pitch? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say um, even to this day, I mean, my breaking ball is one of my better pitches, but still my changeup is, I would say, my best and my go-to. If I'm in a kind of a tough spot, I'm iffy whether or not to throw a fastball change-ups kind of always my go-to and uh, I, I have full confidence in throwing that in any count nice okay yeah I remember actually you're in your debut uh, I I think it was September 11th against Houston um, you actually moved away from that change-up a bit because I was actually out that's why I was hearing that you did like that change-up and I saw a lot of fastballs and curveballs and it did look like a bit you did favor the breaker more but it's a really good change-up I mean they're both really good so it's really exciting to hear you say no no I do like that change up a ton, and it's still going to get a lot of love. So that's really cool to see uh, and hear from yeah. you. Um, so your fastball. Now, you have a mix of two seamers and four seamers. Um, this is a, so league-wide, we've seen a major transformation of pitchers focusing more on four seamers over sinkers. Uh, we've seen it in Tampa Bay. We've seen it in uh, in Houston. We've seen it a bit in, in New York. Um, and it's, it's come with a lot of success. And actually, we were talking to Zach Gallon, who said, yeah, the, the Diamondbacks are pushing, hey, go four seamers up, and then your secondary stuff down. And I see you and also see kind of uh, Frankie Montes as well, uh, your teammate in Oakland, favoring a mix of four seamers and sinkers. Has there been any discussion kind of to move away from the sinker, or do you feel, still feel confident keeping that well in the mix? No, I definitely feel like keeping that sinker kind of in the bag um, is big. It's a big tool just because you can kind of play it off a change-up or especially as a lefty, um, you know, that change-up that goes down the way and you throw that sinker that goes down the way kind of has the same action but just harder. Sure. Um, that's something that I, I like to keep in the bag because I like my change-up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some guys work better up in the zone. Again, some, some of those analytics kind of play a part there. If they have you know what they call a ride and all that, Right. Um, they kind of stick to those fastballs, up, break, breaking balls down. But a guy like me – uh, like Montas kind of just keep both the four seam and the sinker in the bag. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you were really good last year. I mean, again, 12 inning samples. So it's just a quick, uh, you know, a quick blip of what you are. Uh, so I remember a lot of four seamers inside to, to right handers, which I absolutely love. I love when a lefty can go up and into to right, uh, right handed batter effectively. And you did that a ton. Um, I, I am curious. So your, your sinker, is it just a traditional two seamer grip there? Yeah, my, yeah. I just basically throw a two seam, and most of the times has a little bit of sink. But if not, it'll kind of just run horizontally. Sure. And is your changeup essentially a circle 
of a two seamer or a four seamer, or is it something different? That's uh, so it's kind of kind of a little bit of a mix, but it's more on the on the bottom side of a two seamer. Okay, cool. So, right, you're talking about pairing the the sinker and the changeup, right? That make a lot of sense because that's going to be the similar spin to it as well. So, even tougher yeah, for guys yeah. to to pair it up. So, that's something definitely to monitor with you. I'm really curious if um, you know, it'd be something where we see sinker then changeup uh, constantly. If you are pairing that together in sequencing inside of a bats, um, so that's fascinating. I can't wait to to look more into that. Um, but I uh, so. So right now it's spring training, exciting time. Um, it's also you, you have a lot of young talent, of course, with the athletics right now. Obviously, the hitters aside, uh, there's also AJ Puck. Um, have you guys become close uh, coming through the minors together? And what's it like, essentially battling with him for a spot right now in spring training? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're super close. He's actually my roommate, and uh, oh, nice, like five feet from me. But yeah. It's funny. Um, <laughs> We have a good time with it, and just um, you know, we kind of go out there and push each other and compete. And um, I, you know, I, I love seeing him do well, and love seeing the other guys in the rotation do well. So, and I'm sure they feel the same way about me. Oh, that's great. I uh, so as far as I mean, it's it's a obviously very very hard question to to answer here. Um, the big question is how much we're going to see of you this season. Um, there's a lot of anticipation for you to obviously have a starting rotation spot. If not that, then we're leaving. Um, let's say out of the gate, you are a starter for yourself. What kind of workload do you expect? Honestly, uh, that's actually a great question. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, I know that as of right now, I'm, uh, you know, being a starter role, wherever I start off at, but, uh, the plan as to how long and how far into the season I can go, um, we're going to kind of be monitoring that situation, but, um, for now, all I could say really is, I mean, I feel great and whatever they ask me to do, I'll do it. Awesome. That's, that's exactly what, uh, every coach would want to hear. Um, so I, we have a couple of fun questions, of course, uh, that we throw in every time. Um, and you know, these can be quick hitting, of course. I uh, first and foremost, who is your favorite current player? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I mean, I grew up, I grew up. Loving a lot of guys, but I guess I got to kind of, um, I, I mean, I, I like watching Garrett Cole pitch a lot. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, man, it's, it's ridiculous what he can do. And yeah, we're talking about, yeah, the, the, the high four seamers and low breaking stuff. I mean, him with a four seamer up and slider down is just, he's perfected it. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, him and DeGrom, uh, I could basically just sit there and watch all their outings and, right. and not have to move from my couch. It's ridiculous. Um, and uh, and you were saying as a kid, was there someone that you modeled your game after? Uh, I'd say I took a little bit of everyone, a little bit of, well, at least not everyone, but a little bit of a lot of guys. Um, I grew up, I really kind of modeled after Johan Santana, mm. but uh, I liked watching Felix Hernandez, liked watching Don Charles Willis. I grew up down in South Florida. Right, so right. He's kind of a guy out there. Oh, man, Don Charles, that was one of the best windups I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. So, so again, going back to your high school days, it could have been even in middle school. Do you remember the first time that you threw 90 miles per hour? Uh, I do, actually. I was in a summer tournament in East Cobb, Georgia. I was... I want to say going into my junior year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, was it like a was, moment? Was it, you know, you just saw the gun and 
something went off in your head, just like, oh my lord, this is incredible. Well, no, actually, I didn't know um, at all until after the game. I I knew I was feeling good. I came in, I threw maybe two innings, and I, I left the game, and I knew I was feeling good. And then my coach came up to me after and told me. And then back then, I you know I was super excited about that. Right, that was, that was a big moment for me. Oh, that's great. Um, and uh, last question here. Uh, so you've thrown thousands and thousands of pitches in your life. Is there one situation, one pitch that you threw that you just distinctly remember? Um, I would say, I'd actually say last year in the wildcard game, striking out uh, Garcia in nice. my first inning, to end the inning, just because it was like kind of ending the first inning I threw in a postseason game. So mm-hmm. I guess that's something I'll always remember. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, Well, Jesus, I really do appreciate you taking the time. This has been a lot of fun. Kind of great to see, you know, what your approach is with your pitches. And, you know, we'll be thinking about that, of course, as we watch you uh, develop through the year. Uh, But we're all really excited for you and best of luck in spring training. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on here.